Hey, Dice Goblins! What? Where are the goblins? Everywhere. They're listening to us right now. They're in our ears. Don't take my wax. Please. It's so precious to me to have the wax. Okay, wax goblin, dice goblins, whatever you need. You guys can visit thetabletopgameshop.com and use the code TANGENT to get 10% off your purchase for all the tabletop RPG games that you need. Oh, I love dice. Give me some of that. Changing from wax goblin to dice goblin? I, I'm both. I, I, I'm i a, I'm a goblin of many stripes. Okay. Any goblin of many stripes? You can, you can be a cup goblin, get some cool cups on that website. Again, that's code TANGENT, T-A-N-G-E-N-T, to get 10% off your purchase. Well, <laughs> sounds good. Let's take a drive down. Let's take a drive down Tangent Avenue. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Tangent Avenue. I'm Tasman. I'm Bryson. What? I'm Bryson. Huh? I'm Bryson. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. I thought I lost the co-host for a minute. Nope. Uh, You did for a moment. He's back. You're back. Better than ever. That's right. right. I speak six languages now, and I will be changing between them all. Hell yes. Throughout the episode. Uh, Taz, what what are you talking about today? Um, I'm talking about Jack shit. That's right. You're talking about Jack shit. Whereas I am talking about my good friend and longtime lover, L. Ron Hubbard. The Hubbard. The, the big old Hubbard telescope. Oh, yep. Yes. Yeah, dude. Who doesn't love that? Good, 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 good telescope. I'm having a stroke. I swear to God. Fuck. Good, good farsight. I could have sworn my toaster was broken. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in D&D, telescopes, I'm pretty sure it would just be a spell called space sight instead of dark sight. Um, and that was a bad joke. So with yeah, that... Yeah, it was. Um, um, and telescopes do exist in D&D. I don't know no, what you're talking no, about. No, no. They know All nothing right. about space. Cool, dude. Um, there are aliens the, in D&D. You know that, right? I know. Yeah. yeah cool. Put them in our campaign. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, so before we get into this, uh, I just want to say a big, big thank you to all of our new listeners and old listeners. We love listeners, you everybody so much. Who's been we love you so much. We love we've the had Irish. an amazing launch. Yeah, we've Irish had an amazing special. launch and we had no prior fan base to pull from. So we're building from scratch and it's been a wonderful experience. Thank you to all of you that have supported us and continue to support us we have new listeners from outside the u.s so that's really exciting so thank you and hello to everyone from ireland the uk sweden singapore russia mexico and nigeria we uh we are so glad you're tuning in i'm glad you found us and i hope you feel the same way and don't worry we are americans but you cannot catch covid over the earbuds so we're set you can listen to us all day yeah there, there's no conspiracy about us uh, spreading COVID through... Through 5G. There isn't. Through 5G. <laughs> nope. No. Um, Wrong. We would never do that. We are not affiliated with 5G in any way. You know, uh, I don't know where people are getting that idea, but, you know, um, hey, Taz, COVID... Um, yeah? Taz, my internet connection is actually 5G. So we just lied. Minus two. Um, we're sorry. COVID's coming your way, baby. COVID's coming, baby. 
It's coming for us. It's coming for us all. Lafayette Ronald Hubbard was born March 13th, 1911. Uh, uh, <laughs> How wild I, is it that his first name's Lafayette, though? How cool is I that? I love it. Uh, so um, he's French, yeah? Yeah, uh, sure. Cool. Uh, oh, wait. Wait, the French are all born um, in uh, Tilden, Nebraska, right? Tilden? That's where oh, they come from. Oh, you said that? I didn't hear what you said. Cool. Um, you know, Nebraska, I've heard, is the France of the United States. So, hey, yeah. that's incorrect. Hey, that's <laughs> that's wrong. Where would the France of the United States be? What do you think? I personally think it's Seattle, not because Seattle is good, but because Seattle was the, um, I think it was one of the first places to have a major strike. Uh, and hmm. there's nothing more French than demanding rights for your labor. So. That's true. But I was also kind of leaning towards uh, Long Island. Bold. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> can, you, can you explain? No, I can't. I gave a pretty good reason for why it's Seattle. No and you're like, oh, it's like Long Island because all the French people suck. No. You don't like Long Island? I just don't like the French. <laughs> I've never been to Long Island personally. But I definitely don't like the France. No, but I've met enough French people. Like you're French, (laughs) so that was a pretty good reason to hate most of them. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Hey, you know who also really hated very specific groups of people? Hey, you know who else is going to shingle you with the white flag? Not wait. Are we talking about the same guy? Because I don't think Alrond Hubbard can do that. No, we're talking about me. Let me just double check something. Um. Yeah, he died January 24th, 1986, so it's definitely okay. not him, and um, you have the piss-weak arms as if your your bones in your arms are uh, dry spaghetti noodles, so I don't think it's you either. Hmm. Hmm. Um, hmm. Maybe your wife? <laughs> She's got large gorilla-esque arms, um, um, and she comes what? from a very rural area, so... It could be her. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she killed a bear, didn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's okay, Russian cool. by nature. She is Russian by nature. <laughs> and, you, hey, you might think, wow, is she one of the slowest people on the planet? And you'd be right, but she is still Russian. <laughs> what? I don't know. I'm talking purely out of my hot, hot ass right now. So let's get um, right into it. I just want you to know that we just bashed two countries that we want listening to us. Shit! <laughs> wait, okay. wait. We don't want the French listening to us, do we? Yes, we do. Why? Because we, we want everybody. They'll give it up at the very slightest show of pressure. Look, man. They're all better than the United States is right now. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> But if there's We're... one thing about the United States that I know of, it's called misplaced nationalism. Woohoo! USA! 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 Um, Awful. Yeah. So, Lafayette Ronald Hubbard uh, was born the only child of LaDora May and Harry Ross Hubbard. And I don't think there are... This podcast is full of such good names. Mm-hmm. Harry Ross Hubbard is really up there for me. Not for me. Really? It's got mm-hmm. such good alliteration for me. I just mm-hmm. love it so much. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan. Podcast over. All right. This sucks. 
Okay. Um, we'll finish this episode up, but this is the last episode. Like mm-hmm. I said before, he's born on March 13, 1911, uh, and it's kind of crazy to imagine that your only child would turn into the most successful cult leaders in modern history that um, still exists to this day. Uh, mm-hmm. But shit if it didn't happen. Uh, he was born in Tilden, Nebraska, which currently has a population of about 936 people, uh, which is pretty rad. Uh, in case you were curious, uh, flights from where we live currently to Tilden would probably be about three hundred and two dollars. Uh, that's just I something curious. I came. Up... Okay, that's okay. just something that came up in my research. I thought I'd let you know. Um, are we planning on joining a cult? Well, if we were doing that, we'd have to go to California. Okay. Yeah, not a lot of Scientologists in Tilden, Nebraska. Surprising. Yeah, I thought but... Nebraska was all about Scientology. No, why would you think that? Give me some know. evidence of the of the. Of uh, They're uh, Nebraska. You know what Nebraska sounds like? Do tell. Sebraska. You know what Sebraska sounds like? Nebraska. Yeah. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. Okay. Cool. Um, this is why I love just everything about <laughs> this podcast. Um, cool. Um. So eventually they kind of got sick of living in the middle of fucking nowhere, uh, and they left to live in Kalispell, Montana, which boasted uh, the number of potential victims, and by victims I do mean friends, by about 20 times. There's about like 19,000 people living in uh, Kalispell, Montana, so it's a little bit bigger. Okay. Uh, they relocated, uh, it wouldn't be their their last place of re- residence. Around the 1920s, they kind of relocated all around the United States and overseas. Uh, though, our boy Lafayette still managed to stay active in the Boy Scouts. Uh, he even made Eagle Scout uh, right after turning 13. Congratulations. Eagle Scout, right? Yeah, pr- big, big jump. Big, he's moving up in the world. Sounds like a good boy, right? Mm-hmm. Very yeah, good dude. boy. Yeah, D- Delightful young man. Um, Best boy. Uh, hey, by any chance, was he an evangelical Christian? I don't believe so. Okay, all right. Yeah. Just trying to make connections between him and Crowley. Oh, there will be connections between him and Crowley, my guy. Don't you worry. Right. Um, that'll come there. after the ad. Um, but uh, Lafayette's father worked as an officer in the Navy, which explains why there's so much relocating. Okay. Eventually, in 1927, he was posted in Guam, and during that summer, Lafayette and his mother went to visit him. Their route took them through several Chinese ports, and L. Ron Hubbard recorded that he fucking hated the poverty he saw in Japan and China, and described the inhabitants as lazy and ignorant, as well as some other racial slurs. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's right. pretty cool. I All love right. to see that. We mm-hmm. don't have nearly enough racism. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. Is that is that the stance you're taking? Yeah. Um, awful. Um podcast is definitely over after this episode now. Cool, cool, cool. Um just kidding. I'm looking for a new co host though. That hurts worse. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. So this part of his life is mostly boring. He was very unsuccessful in school and moved between him and his grandparents, his grandparents and his parents uh, a lot during this time, kind of moving between Helena, Montana and Guam to see his parents. Okay. He f- he flunked out of or at least left Helena High School. 
uh, and then went back to Guam in order to, you know, be with his parents. While this part of his life is kind of boring and just involves a lot of failing school, it does show an interesting point in his life where at, during um, 1928, his family traveled from Guam to China, and upon his return to Guam, he spent a lot of time writing dozens of short stories and essays. After that, like during that period, he failed uh, the Naval Academy entrance exam and eventually got diagnosed with an eye strain called myopia, uh, and that precluded his enrollment to the Naval Academy as an adult. There are some interesting things you want to keep that myopia diagnosis in mind for something we talk about later. Okay. He was uh, eventually sent to Woodward School for Boys in Washington, D.C., uh, in order to qualify for admission into George Washington University. And he didn't even have to sit through an entrance exam to do that. He just kind of got in, probably on his father's recommendation. Yeah. And I th- Daddy I th- helps. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think you're kind of getting the vibe that I really got when I was looking into him, which is, you know, when you think about L. Ron Hubbard and the guy who started Scientology, you think, wow, what an interesting and gifted and deeply intelligent you know individual right yeah he clearly was just a white guy who was really privileged and had the time to do all of this you don't you know he eventually drops out of uh george washington university and just like you know who gives a fuck and it just goes on and does whatever he wants with his life so Uh, And that's a that's a fun little thing I'm going to call the white man's folly, (laughs) 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 which is just, oh, you aren't actually that smart. You just don't have to fail. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's great. Mm -hmm. So while he was at George Washington University, uh, he began studying civil uh, civil engineering. And this was basically because his father wanted him to. You can tell that his dad probably wanted to not um, support his son the rest of his life, even though that's inherently what he would be doing uh, as as we get a little deeper into his life. Uh, he did really poorly academically, uh, and his transcripts show that he failed many courses, including atomic physics, even though later in life he would claim to have been a nuclear, nuclear physicist. Oh, <laughs> he okay. failed that in college. Right. Uh, yeah. He was placed on academic uh, probation due to poor grades, and in April uh, 1932, he began to uh, receive warning for his lack of academic achievement. He did help organize a glider club and was elected president of that club in his first year. And that's another thing that that you see happen a lot with L. Ron Hubbard, is he's very much an adventurer. Okay. Because he's a white guy who could have done that his whole life and been fine, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so definitely some crossover with Crowley there, because Crowley loved to travel and adventure as well. So, seeing some Totally, yeah, yeah. And hey, if you didn't listen to our Crowley episode, listen to that. It's got a lot of sex magic, And but hey, this episode d- does too, so stop here, listen to that episode, and then come back to this timestamp. Okay? Yes. Are you yep. back? Uh, no. I'm still listening Okay, to cool. One moment. We'll just wait. Okay. Alright. It's gonna be like an hour and t- ten minutes, I think, is what it was. Hey, that's cool. I got the time. Alright, cool. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so, he would eventually reach during what would become basically his final semester, uh, semester at George Washington University, 
he organized an ill-fated trip to the Caribbean for June 1932 to explore and film pirate strongholds and bivouacs of the Spanish main and and t- to quote collect whatever one collects for exhibits and museums <laughs> what? <laughs> what yeah and um, i think that is, he is trying where to we start his own museum or i so it's such a bizarre thing to say and i think it really outlines for me the kind of difference between l ron hubbard and crowley yeah because what you can kind of gather from crowley is he is someone who was genuinely interested in the exploring that he did yeah whereas and like you know all of his other shitty things beside crowley was a he was intelligent (laughs) yeah he was very way too smart for his own good yeah whereas elrond hubbard was kind of a himbo with a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) um so some connections to trump too got it (laughs) No, Trump is not a himbo. Well... Himbos mm. are respectable. Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. alright, not a himbo. Yeah. Himbo Donald to Trump. some people for some Donald... weird reason. No, I don't think anybody thinks he's a himbo. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> angry about how little you understand about what himbo means. I know nothing. I've never heard the word in my life. <laughs> wow. Okay. Will you read me the dictionary definition? Hold on. Yeah, one sec. Okay. This is a learning podcast, too, for me. Uh, an, in- an attractive but unintelligent man. Oh, shit, yeah. yeah. Nope. All right. Yeah. Quote well, Tasman. There's a lot of fan Quote Tasman fiction. Cooey, uh, Donald Trump is a himbo. There's a lot of fan fiction about Trump, though, and it's scary. <sighs> okay. Okay. Amid multiple misfortunes and runnings on low funds, uh, the ship's owners ordered it to return to Baltimore, where it had initially um, reached, though Hubbard failed to return to university the following year. Okay. Um, So he just stopped going to university after his um, trip failed. His father then volunteered him for a Red Cross relief effort on October 23rd, 1932. Uh, So Hubbard traveled to Puerto Rico. En route, Hubbard apparently decided to abandon the Red Cross, instead opting to accompany a mineral surveyor in a futile bid to find gold. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Like, why? Why? Um... Imagine if I did that. (laughs) That's so terrible. Yeah, that kicks so much. It's wild, like, everything he does, I'm like, that is so fucking funny. And I love him for it, but what a bad, bad person. Yeah, yeah, I'm not helping nobody, I get in gold. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And uh, I'm assuming he fails to get gold? Oh, yeah, he he returned from Puerto (laughs) Rico back to D.C. in February 1933. Uh, and he struck up with a uh, a relationship with a fellow glider pilot named Ooh. Margaret Polly Grubb. 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 L. Ron Hubbard's Grubb. Oh, hell yeah. And you know, he definitely grubbed down. Um, grubbed down. Yeah. Grub him by the pussy. Nice. <laughs> the two were married on April 13th. And she was pregnant. Unfortunately, that didn't last long because they did miscarry the baby. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, that didn't last long. Oopsies. <laughs> Such a weird way <laughs> to bring that up. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, because I said unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I would have... <laughs> fuck all babies, but, you know, Hello, including dude. yours. Wow. Um, don't worry, though. She did become pregnant again. Uh, okay. And on May 7th, 1934, she gave birth prematurely to a son who was named Lafayette Ronald Hubbard Jr. Awesome. We needed a second one. Yeah, and uh, if you had to guess what his nickname might be, what would you guess? Um, Laffy Taffy. Nope, Nibs. What? <laughs> That's Nibs. somehow worse. <laughs> hey, what's up, Nibs? How you doing, Nib? Um, I would like to be referred to as Nib now. Okay. Can't right. do. Let me bang my gavel. Okay. Your nibs. Hell yeah. They also had a second child named Catherine May, who was born on January 15th, 1936. What's her nickname? They don't give me one, sadly. Mm. Let's think of one for her. Nubs. You're so unoriginal. Grubs. <laughs> nice. Fun fact about L. Ron Hubbard... During this time, they were very much short on money, uh, but he became a very well-known and prolific writer of Pulp Fiction magazines. Do you know much about Pulp Fiction magazines? Uh, not a whole lot. I've heard of them, though. Alright, well, cool. Whatever. Um, <laughs> they were basically these magazines full of short stories. Yeah. And uh, he his career began with contributions to George Washington University's student newspaper. Okay. It's called the University Hatchet. Uh, and as a reporter for a few months in 1931, uh, six of his pieces were published commercially, uh, commercially uh, between 1932 and 1933, uh, where the going rate for freelance writers at the time was one cent a word. Hell yeah. So, yeah, so Hubbard's total earnings from these articles would have been less than about a hundred dollars uh, granted that's equivalent to like one thousand nine hundred and seventy five dollars as of now uh, yeah. so it was it was a lot of scratch but mm -hmm. uh, that was for a full years and nearly two years worth of writing though <laughs> god i make more than that in a paycheck yeah i made more than that yesterday i killed a man yesterday um oh okay cool who was yeah. it um nibs <laughs> He was still alive. Yeah, Shit. I killed Nibs, dude. All I'm right. so sorry. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we didn't need another Laffy Taffy anyways. Yeah. Who needs Nibs? Nibs. Nibs. Now, that's a nickname I can get behind, though. Yeah. Not Harry Ron Weasley uh -huh. or whatever the fuck you said what? earlier. Huh? Huh? Hmm? Harry Ron Weasley? No, that's not what I said at all. Hmm. What's your fucking problem, dude? Not a good name. You're such a cunt about these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Whatever, dude. Over the next six years, Pulp mag uh, Magazines published many of his short stories under a variety of pen names. Uh, this included Winchester Remington Colt, <laughs> Kurt Von Racken, Rene Lafayette, and my favorite, Joe Blitz. Also, Joe also Blitz. Legionnaire 148, but that one's kind of weird whereas joe blitz is joe just Blyden, 2020 joe blitz 2020 that's who i'm writing in <laughs> hey baby i want to get show blitz on 
He was best known for fantasy and science fiction stories. Uh, he also wrote a wide variety of genres, including adventure fiction, uh, aviation, travel, mysteries, westerns, and even romance. Uh, Hubbard knew and associated with writers such as Isaac Asimov, Robert A. Heinlein, L. Sprague de Camp, and A.E. Van Vaught. I know Isaac Asimov of those names. <laughs> I know none of them. Isaac Asimov is a wild time. He is a prolific science fiction writer and is super well known. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't read any of his books personally, but I do want to. Okay. But anyway, you know. I try to avoid old science fiction books because they just make me sad about where we are. I'm sorry you're sad, buddy. That must suck. What? What? The dice goblins are coming out, man. Oh my gosh, dude. That's crazy. They're crawling in my ears. Um, okay. So, that's, uh, that's kind of enough of his kind of early literary careers. He's a very well-known, um, science fiction author, and if you were to Google him, he would probably come up as an author rather than, you know... <laughs> a cult? A cult leader. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, that's also another crossover with Crowley, because he, he's also... Uh, I mean, when you Google uh, Alistair Crowley, both a cult leader and author comes up. So, mm-hmm. because he, he was good at both. He really was. Uh, very poetic. Uh, he was just he was just a smart dude. And so far, I like him more. Yeah, uh, I agree. Crowley's... I like Crowley a lot, even though he's kind of a pedophile. Um, yeah. Whereas Elrond Hubbard is just a, a big liar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Crowley is an awful, terrible, evil person, but at least he's has some redeemable qualities. Uh-huh. No matter... Like, they don't redeem him by any means, but you can at least find enjoyment in the things that he didn't do. I mean, the things that he did that wasn't pedophilia. Yeah. It's kind of like what they stand for. For me, Elrond yeah. Hubbard is, is very much... Like, a white guy with nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And Crowley, at the very least, is a very... what What is it that he says that we really agree with? Do what thou will? Yeah, do what thou will. Yeah, and I, I like that. I like it a lot. Yeah. I'm gonna get that tattooed across my anus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like... For me, it, it reminds me a lot of the Levain Satanist uh, golden rule, which is... Um, Treat others the way that you want to be treated unless they treat you, uh, I don't remember the exact wording, but unless they treat you badly and then do unto them as they have done to you. And Mm -hmm. I agree with that because fuck being nice to everybody. Yeah. And, you know, you're the least nice person I know, so. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Seconded by me. Okay. (laughs) I would say, uh, yeah, you're much more mean than I am. That's you know that's probably accurate. But. It's hundred percent accurate. I don't I don't know where. See, you're insulting me. Yeah, and I don't appreciate that. It's okay. You insult me every episode. Name one insult. Name one. Um, if you can't pronounce words correctly, we're done with this bit. That's not an insult. That's an accurate summation of the fact that you can't fucking understand how to pronounce words. It's because I don't know how to talk, and here we are talking. Yeah, in an audio medium, primarily. Mm-hmm. <sighs> hey Taz. Balls. Yeah. You know what would be cool? Hmm. 
we got paid to do this. Yeah, we are slowly. Yeah, a little bit. And you know one way, you know one way we can get paid by doing this. Ads. 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 Oh yeah. Hey everyone, I'm Anastasia. And I'm Lauren. We're the co-hosts of Wait to Panic, a paranormal and true crime podcast. We've been telling each other scary stories for years, and now we want to share them with you. Join us every Sunday for new episodes about murder, paranormal mayhem, and everything in between. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite listening places. Make good choices, and remember... Wait to panic. Hey man, are you interested in starting a podcast? Not really, we already have a podcast, what are you talking about? Oh shoot, you're right. Thanks to Anchor. Like the boat thing? Close, but no. Anchor is a great podcasting tool to get anybody started on making a podcast. But we already have a podcast. Yeah, but other people don't. (laughs) What a bunch of cowards and fools. They should all go download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Absolutely. Anchor is an easy-to-use, free tool for all your podcasting needs, from recording to editing. It even has free background music you can use. Huh, free background music? Yeah, free background music. And it distributes your podcast for you. You don't have to go through all the hassle of posting your podcast to iTunes, Spotify, or any of that. <laughs> God knows we wouldn't be able to figure that shit out. Yeah, man, I didn't even try. Lazy prick. Well, when you're a dad and working 40 or more hours a week... Oh, Jan, tell me more about Anchor. Well, I was saying Anchor is the way to go. You can record and edit straight in your browser on the app. Uh, but will they pay in doubloons? No, they'll pay you through sponsorships and cash money. Cash money, you say? (laughs) Where can I find the Shangri-La of talking into a microphone for too long? You can go to anchor.fm or download the app to get started for free today. Uh, but for real, man, that had nothing to do with the boat thing. Uh, yeah. Hello everyone, my name is Mike D. You are listening to the Son of a Witch podcast. Each week I will be filling your ear holes with all sort Filling your ear holes? Who the fuck wrote this? Well I did, you asked me to get your copy for the promo and I thought it'd be a bit funny. Well it sounds kinda explicit. Oh bollocks mate! Your bloody show is mocked explicit, and you aren't exactly always safe for work, just saying. Shit. Alright then. My name's Mike D. This is the podcast where I'm apparently going to be filling your ear holes with all sorts of juicy goodness about witchy, paranormal, geeky, pagan, comic, pop culture awesomeness. I'm an empath, psychic, witch, actor, voice actor, podcast, host, business owner... Son of a bitch, did you really need to give my entire resume? Bloody hell, Mike, you can't be pleased, can you? <sighs> Fine. Uh, we're going to be diving into topics such as tarot, divination, spell work, magical plants, books I'm loving, and more. So thanks for listening, Son of a Witch Podcast, and at Son of a Witch Pod on Instagram. Say that wasn't so hard, was it?
What a good ad that was, huh, Taz? Yeah, it's oh. actually three of them, I believe, on this one. That's crazy. Three ads? three ads? I'm sorry, guys. That sucks. <laughs> we, we suck for doing that. Yeah. That really blows. You know, it happens. Oh, tell us a little bit about those ads. Uh, I'm... Pr- uh, <laughs> hey, want to hear about uh, L. Ron Hubbard and uh, our, our good boy, uh, the only good boy, Alistair Crowley? Uh, yeah, in just a second. So I do want to give you guys a heads up. Next next week, uh, we are starting a new segment where we answer some questions from everybody who sends us questions. Uh, You can find us and send us questions on Facebook. We have both a page and a group now that you are more than welcome to join, and we would love for you to join. Uh, You can find us on Twitter, uh, Instagram. uh, I think that's it. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, uh, yeah it's all um, at Tangent Avenue, the group's Tangent Avenue podcast, because, you know, just, I don't know, why not? Just in case you needed to know it was a podcast, yeah. you know, you've been listening. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Um, you can ask us any questions. They could be personal questions about our lives, questions about the process we took in, you know, creating the podcast, or just dumb questions like, would you rather fight uh, a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Uh, what's your answer on that one? Someone will have to ask us. I'm asking. Because I'm not answering your questions. Wow. Whoa, dude. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But if you want to know, and I've got a good fucking answer. So <laughs> if that's a question you have. My answer, fucking insane for that question, by the way. Okay. So if you're wondering about it, hit me up, baby. Alrighty. Uh, anyways, yeah, tell me about our sex boys. Yeah. Um. So... We're, we're skipping past a couple things, especially his military career, because I don't find his military career that interesting. It's just a lot of dates and naval policies that he lied about and broke the law of. Cool. Um, Love so, crimes. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty rad. Uh, and, it, and all of that kind of uh, ended with his life entering a very turbulent period. Mm-hmm. And according to his own account, he was abandoned by his family and friends as a supposedly hopeless cripple and a probable burden upon them for the rest of my days. His daughter, Catherine, uh, presented a different description, basically saying that his wife refused to uproot their children from their home in Bremerton, Washington, to join him in California, and he left anyway, uh, putting their marriage in pretty terminal issues. Okay. So, around August 1945, he moved into uh, Pasadena Mansion, of John Whiteside Parsons. And I don't know if you ran into John Parsons during your research on Crowley, but he was a leading rocket propulsion researcher at the uh, California Institute of Technology and the founder of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. That being said, he did leave a double life as an avid cultist and uh, Thelemite. Uh, Hell which, yes. as we both know, uh, is a follower of the English ceremonial magician, Alistair Crowley. My boy! Hell yeah. Um, Hell yeah. He let rooms in the house only to tenants who he specified should be atheists and those of a bohemian disposition. And if we can think of Elrond Hubbard in anything, it's a bohemian disposition. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Hubbard befriended Parsons and soon became sexually involved with Parsons' 21-year-old girlfriend, (laughs) uh, Sarah uh, Sarah Betty Northrup. Okay. Despite this, 
Parsons was still very impressed with Hubbard and uh, reported this to Crowley. Hubbard is a gentleman. He has red hair, green eyes, and is honest and intelligent. We've become great friends. He moved in with me two months ago, and although Betty and I are still friendly, she has transferred her sexual affection to Ron. Although he has no formal training in magic, he has an extraordinary amount of experience and understanding in the field. From some of his experience, I deduce that he is in direct touch with some higher intelligence, possibly his guardian angel. He describes his angel as a beautiful winged woman with red hair whom he calls Empress okay. and who has guided him through his life and saved him many times. He is the most thelemic person I have ever met and is in complete accord with our own principles. Yeah. Parsons referred to Hubbard as uh, Frother H., um, becoming an enthusiastic collaborator with the Pasadena OTO. Uh, the two men uh, collaborated in on the Babylon working. Uh, For Babylon! <laughs> yeah, cool, dude. Cool. <laughs> Say that again, please. For Babylon! Cool. Anyway, so Babylon working is a sex magic ri- ritual intended to summon an incarnation of Babylon, the supreme yeah. Thelemite goddess. Uh, it was undertaken over several nights in February and March uh, 1946 in order to summon an elemental who would participate in further sex magic. Fuck yes. A gentleman by the name of Richard Metzger describes it as uh, as this. Parson uses his magic wand to whip up a vortex of energy so the elemental would be summoned. Translated into plain in- English, Parsons jerked off in the name of spiritual advancement whilst Hubbard... Uh, <laughs> Uh, scanned the astral plane for signs and visions. So just two Fuck bros. Yes. I cast just, masturbation. Hell yeah, baby. Two bros jerking it in the desert. Who doesn't <laughs> love that? <laughs> Fuck, man. We gotta go to a desert sometime. Yeah, man. Are um, we even friends if we don't jerk off in a desert? I don't think so. I don't think we're classified as friends to the magical world, and that's very important yeah. to me. Yeah, if I don't fuck your wife and if we don't jerk off in Whoa. a desert... <laughs> That's what I'm getting from L. Ron Hubbard. Oh no. Just the, just the jack off in the desert part. That's all we need. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> wow. Very controlling of you. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, uh this is the the ritual was a success. Um, the elemental arrived a few days later in the form of a woman by the name of Marjorie Cameron, uh, mm-hmm. who had agreed to participate in the rites that Parson wanted to do. Soon afterwards, Parsons decided to trust Elrond Hubbard uh, and Sarah in a business partnership called Allied Enterprises. And the whole idea behind this was essentially, you're going to give me all of your money so I can buy a bunch of yachts and sell them. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I would trust L. Ron Hubbard to do this, you know. He's a trustworthy guy. We just jerked off in the desert. Why Mm -hmm. wouldn't I give him all of my life savings in order for him to buy a bunch of yachts? Of course. Yeah. It's the most obvious choice. Yeah. Interestingly... Um, L. Ron Hubbard did contact the Navy to ask if he was allowed to leave the country because he had to do that. <laughs> and uh, getting permission from Daddy. Getting permission, not from Daddy, the Navy. <laughs> Daddy USA. Yeah, sure. Um, the uh, Daddy Liberty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Daddy Red, White, and Blue. The vast majority, uh, the plan was for Hubbard and Sarah to buy yachts in Miami and sail them to the West Coast to sell for profit. 
they ended up just leaving with the money. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, undertaking a world cruise with his uh, newfound love, Sarah. Alrighty. Yeah. Okay. Alistair Crowley strongly criticized Parsons' actions. Yeah. Basically saying that he was being uh, tricked in a, a confidence trick. Basically, you know, oh, trust me, bro. Like, he's a confidence man scamming his way to riches. Mm-hmm. And Jack was just, uh, uh, got fooled by it. <laughs> uh, he eventually um, sued L. Ron Hubbard and got $2,900 promissory note from Hubbard. <laughs> and that's okay. all he got. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Hey, man. Uh, yeah. This episode is coming out the day after Election Day. Hey, crazy that Trump won, huh? I, crazy <laughs> that Biden won, huh? <laughs> oh, you can add that to either. <laughs> yeah. Uh fuck. No. Whoa, the I'm... Civil War started. Whoa. Whoa. Fuck. Honestly, it's scary to imagine uh, what the world's going to be like on that day. I know, right? Um, uh, I mean, several Proud Boys have... Um, Already. Planned to kidnap governors. So. Yeah, they're uh, also planning on being at polling places. Yep, because the president told them to. Yep. Uh, <sighs> we can't go one episode without talking about it. Yeah, way to bring that up. I was having mm-hmm. fun talking about a man who scammed a sex cultist. Uh-huh. And you're like, it, whoa, Yeah, dude. so did, so did uh, Trump. Explain that joke to me, so we it's both not know a joke. it's funny. Epstein. Epstein's not a cultist, though. He's just a pedophile. Uh, he might as well be. What? He had a whole island. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And a bunch of people fucking kids. So, you know... It... Yeah, that doesn't mean he's a cultist. He's just a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? <laughs> I don't know. He can just fuck kids. <laughs> no. That is just... It is... There, it doesn't get much worse than that. <laughs> you don't have to be like, ah, oh, he fucks kids for God. <laughs> I've been drinking a lot of Jones soda and water, um, and I do feel like there's a chemical reaction going on that I'm unprepared for. But, I mean, he is kind of scamming QAnon, so... The pre- I mean, yeah, but they're kind of scamming themselves, and he's going along with it. Yeah. Whoever Q is, is scamming them. I'm sure Q is a lot of people. Yeah, it is point. now. And Trump just refuses to deny it, because he's a great guy. Hey, you know what's crazy? Hmm. So I, I hit I'm Feeling Lucky on Google, as you're okay. wanting to do. Uh, and it took me to comedy movies for some reason. Right. And I'm going to list out all of these comedy movies, and you're going to tell me when it starts feeling um, weird. Um, okay. Sonic the Hedgehog. That's a comedy for sure, right? I haven't seen it, but I imagine so. Yeah, it's got Jim Carrey in it. Uh-huh. Um, the War with Grandpa. I know it's a comedy movie. I don't know anything else about it. Okay. Scoob. Okay. Um, the Addams Family. The new one in 2019. Okay. Uh, Jumanji The Next Level. Mm-hmm. Onward, the Disney movie. That's such a good movie. It is. It's really crazy good, right? Yeah, I love it so much. Uh, Parasite. 
What? What? <laughs> Knives Out. That's a funny movie. Oh, Jojo Rabbit. Kind of funny. Also, the kid finds his mom hanging from a statue. Fun. Uh, hey, Bora. My wife. Um, hey, remember Sausage Party? Did you ever see that? I refuse to watch it, to be honest. It's awful. One of the worst I'm, movies I've ever seen. I'm and sure. it does have a food orgy at the end. Uh, maybe I gotta watch it. It's pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> Horny for food. Horny for food, baby. That's me. <sighs> so. On August so 10th, what? 1940. Okay, go on. I'm a rock star. Yep. It's your game out. I just combined, I think, pink and all-star. Because <laughs> that's what we all needed in our lives. Yeah, if you could do a full rendition of that and put it at the end of the episode, that'd be great. You know, once we start a Patreon, uh, let's do a Patreon stretch goal and I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm down. First stress goal. <laughs> Two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, uh, what a good time. Um, so on August 10th, 1946, uh, Hubbard married a second wife. Okay. <laughs> more uh, more uh, crossover with Crowley. Yeah. Uh, so this is Sarah, uh, who he stole from that cultist. Awesome. He married her while still married to his first wife, Polly. Uh, and it wasn't until 1947 that his wife learned about that he had remarried. <laughs> so he was married to two women for a full year, which is dope. Uh, he, he did agree to divorce Polly uh, in June of that year uh, and gave her full custody of the children because obviously he doesn't give a fuck about the kids. You know? Uh, yeah. 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 You know, that reminds me in the Crowley episode. I never really found out what happened to uh I bet he's kid. doing what thou will. Um not the second one. No, not not the boy, uh the little girl cuz it says that she lived with was it a girl? I'm pretty sure it was a girl. Um now I don't remember and I'm questioning myself. Anyways, it says that she lived with her mom until she went to the mental hospital or whatever for her addiction. I would think it would be rehab, but I know it wasn't. And uh, it never mentions her again. So maybe she died. (laughs) Probably eventually. Oh, Uh, so during this period where he married two women and lost custody of his kids, um, he wrote a document which he titled "Affirmations." Okay. Um, These consisted of a series of statements by and addressed to himself. Okay. Uh, relating to various physical, sexual, psychological, and social issues that he was encountering in his life. Can you read this? Uh, I will read off a couple examples of them, because some of them are really funny. Okay, um, good. Does he suffer from limp dick? Can he not get it up? <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, now, there is there is a funny thing about his dick, though. Oh, um, hell yeah. Hell yeah. So Janet Reitman, who um, wrote Inside Scientology, the the story of America's most secretive religion, um, she called affirmations the most revealing psychological self-assessment, complete with exhortations uh, to himself that Hubbard had ever made. Among the affirmations included, 
your eyes are getting better progress your eyes are getting progressively better they became bad when you used them as an excuse to escape the naval academy you have no reason to keep them bad that's going to that myopia di- diagnosis we talked about earlier myopia myopa cool that thank you worse. that gave me time to cough um mm-hmm. you're <laughs> uh your stomach trouble you used as an excuse to keep the navy from punishing you you are free of the navy your hip is a pose. You have a good sound hip. It never hurts. Your shoulder never hurts. Your foot was an alibi. The injury is no longer needed. You can tell all the romantic tales you wish, but you know was, uh, which ones were lies. And you have enough of real experience to make anecdotes forever. Stick to your true adventures. And here's the funny one. Masturbation does not injure or make insane. Your parents were in error. Everyone <laughs> masturbates. <laughs> Your parents were an error. (laughs) 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 What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was. The contents of affirmations are 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 honestly kind of sweet (laughs) a little bit. Yeah. Because it is like he's trying to write these out to himself and, you know... Fix it. He, he believed that he could overcome his insecurities and physical weakness by focusing on a series of positive statements. And I've and when you, if, you, if you go to therapy, that is something they tell you to do. Where mm-hmm. depression is described as lies you tell yourself and the best way to fix it is by writing down positive statements that are true. Yeah, so, my therapist wants me to write down three good things that happen every day because I my depression mostly stems from the past and I it's hard not to dwell in that. Yeah, totally. So like what he would write is like I can write. My mind is brilliant. The mm-hmm. masturbation has was no sin or crime. <laughs> That's the most important one, right? Yeah. That's what I write every day. Yeah, I have a chalkboard. I have a chalkboard in my room where I write masturbation is not a sin or crime a hundred times a day. Yep, Bart Simpson it. Got it. Be real funny if your teacher made you write that (laughs) on the the whiteboard a hundred times. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me, teacher. I don't masturbate. You don't what? You're staying after today. (laughs) That is a hor- Imagine hearing that out of context. <laughs> Excuse me, kid? You don't jack off? Okay, you're staying after today. You're gonna learn today. You're gonna fucking learn today. Hey, man. Yeah. How did you figure out how to masturbate? Hey, that's a fun question. <laughs> Are you gonna answer? Um, it's a... it's a fun question i i feel like it was mostly just like it's kind of instinct for me (laughs) my right hand just knew what to do it was guided by god it was guided by god (laughs) (laughs) how about you buddy how'd you learn you mean Kellogg's cereal didn't stop you from masturbating hell nah dude if anything it made me hornier i could fight god I'm so uh, powerful. <laughs> oh. Ooh. 
Tell us, Daz, um, how'd you learn? Um, it was pretty much the same same thing. Like, I just kind of realized... You were guided uh, by God as well, I see. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you just kind of bump up against it, and it feels a little good, and then you just keep bumping until shit happens. Hey, do we want to keep this? <laughs> yeah, I feel like okay. we do. all right. Hey, hey, Taz, I don't know what how you masturbate but there's very little <laughs> bumping going on <laughs> no what i mean is like um describe you know, it in detail in in the <laughs> before you really like understand mm-hmm. like um yeah you wake up in the morning with you know you morning do not wood. masturbate um you do not and masturbate. you you know mm-hmm. dick rubs against stuff it feels good you realize that it keeps feeling good. So you use your hand and you milk yourself. I'm uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, uh, Hubbard also <laughs> expressed his ambitions for the futures in, uh, uh, in, uh, in affirmations, um, writing statements like material things are yours for the taking men are your slaves, which is a okay. fun first thing to write. You said, uh, you will make fortunes writing. You will live to be 200 years old. I feel like he was kind of setting himself up for failure there. Um, <laughs> uh, you will always look young. Money will flood upon you. Um, he seemed to be a, a true believer in thelemic uh, beliefs. If that's yeah. the case. He also, um, uh, he sounds very much so like a grifter, like modern day Christian or Catholic grifters who have that belief of, you know, if you think, think money, uh, money happens. I don't remember who it is that specifically kind of goes through that, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of not... like positive thinking morality the power yeah. of positive thinking yeah a lot a lot of those grifters though will be like you know you give me money you keep positive oh televangelists thinking. <laughs> um the, yeah uh, the yeah. what is it the 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 root theory i think it's called yeah you give Plant me money and then uh god will send money your way or something along those lines it, it sounds like he's very close to that step Mm-hmm. And I don't and I, think and it would have taken if, much. How that there. will influence Scientology, huh? <laughs> I wonder. Uh, me too, man. Me too. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about Dianetics now. Do you know anything about Dianetics or have you ever heard of it? No, never. No. Yeah. So Dianetics was this book of psychology he wanted to write on. He spent some time volunteering at a... Um, uh, as a practitioner in a local psychiatric clinic. Okay. And so he had... by volunteering, what did he do there? Do you know? Uh, it doesn't tell me a ton. Because I'm um, super curious what like a man with no psychology like experience can volunteer to I do. I would guess taking notes. Okay. Uh, because mm. like he is a writer, so it would yeah. make sense that he would take notes. Yeah, I'm just curious because a lot of times you don't realize like. Unless you know psychology, body language, and all that, uh, you, you can miss a lot of. Well, then again, this is the nineteen what twenties, thirties, so they yeah. might not know as much as they. Nineteen forty eight, actually. Nineteen forty eight. Um, and it is said that he claimed to his work as a volunteer, so it's possible that that was a lie because he is a 
voracious liar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm just super curious because uh-huh. if you don't know it, there's a lot of body language or movements and just uh, the way people say things that would be important for a therapist to make in their notes. True. So, I don't know. Could be something like writing uh, transcripts as well. That's possible, yeah. Hmm. So, uh, during this time, he began to make the first public mentions of what was to become Dianetics. He wrote uh, in 1949 that he was working on a book of psychology about the cause and cure of nervous tension. He had a couple different names for this. The Dark Sword, Excalibur, Science of the Mind. He wrote to a couple of his fellow science fiction writers, specifically Robert Heinlein, and he kind of referenced uh, some of Heinlein's work. We're not going to get a little too much into that because you kind of need to have read his work to understand what it, what they're kind of getting at. Okay. That being said, he, his first published articles in Dianetics were called Terra Incognita, The Mind. And he published this in the Explorer's Journal. Uh, the Explorer's Journal is kind of this American-based, multidisciplinary um, professional society. Uh, and its goal was basically promoting scientific exploration and field study. So that's why they were um, these works were published in that journal. And in 1949, Hubbard wrote to several professional organizations to offer his research, and no one was interested. So he went to his <laughs> editor, John Campbell, who was more receptive due to long-standing fascinations with fringe psychology and psychic powers, and that. Permeated both his fiction and nonfiction. And they kind of got through the process of publishing the first, you know, Dianetics. And the basic principle of Dianetics was basically that the brain recorded every experience and event in a person's life, even when unconscious. Bad and uh, bad or painful experiences were stored in what was called engrams in a refractive mind. All hot nonsense. <laughs> These yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they could have triggered later in life causing emotional and psychic problems. Uh, I'm sorry, emotional and physical problems by carrying out a process called auditing. A person could be regressed through his engrams to re-experiencing past uh, experiences. Okay. So mm -hmm. when you said John Campbell, I immediately thought, you know, the person who made Campbell Soup. So I had to Google who that was, and mm -hmm. I was I was pretty close. It's Joseph Campbell, not John Campbell. That's but I was I was convinced like this was Soup Guy. Hey, let's Anyways. do a topic on him. Okay, all right. Yeah, uh, if you could do that real quick. Hold on. Yeah. Um, Campbell Soup Company. Do, 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 do. Uh, Campbell Soup Company, doing business as Campbell's, is an American processed food and snack company. As the name implies, the company is most closely associated with its flagship canned soup products. However, it has through mergers and acquisitions, grown to become one of the largest processed food companies in the U.S. With a, with a wide variety of products under its flagship Campbell's uh, brand, as well as known brands such as Pepperidge Farm, uh, Snyder's of Hanover, uh, VA, and Swanson's. Under these brands and many others, Campbell's produces not only soups and broths, but other canned meals such as SpaghettiOs, baked goods such as cookies, and crackers, beverages, and salty snacks, such as pretzels and potato chips. It is headquartered in Camden, New Jersey. And that's all we need to know about Campbell's. So, continue. Okay, cool, yeah. Um, Dianetics was massively popular. Um, Martin Gardner, uh, 
who was a uh, a popular mathematics and popular science writer, called it a nationwide cult of incredible proportions. By 1950, Hubbard Book had almost sold 55,000 copies and was selling at a rate of 4,000 a week, and was being translated into French, German, Japanese, uh, and Japanese. 500 Dianetic auditing groups had been set up across the United States within this time. (laughs) Jesus. So it was huge because people liked the idea of, you know, being able to, to look in. I think there was also a lot of different claims made about it. And this will kind of get into the collapse of Dianetics as well, where he basically claimed that... Um, Dianetics would give a person perfect memory recall. (laughs) And um, this, he kind of got a little ahead of himself. Hubbard presented before an audience of 6,000 people in the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles that, uh, and during this presentation, he introduced a, uh, someone by the name of Sonia Bianca and told the audience that as a result of undergoing Dianetic uh, therapy, she now possessed perfect recall. However, in the demonstration that followed, she failed to remember a single formula in physics, the subject in which she was majoring. (laughs) Or the color of Hubbard's tie when his back was turned. (laughs) And it was at that point that a large part of the audience just got up and left. Yeah, don't believe him. Yeah. So, there's a a couple of different stuff going on here as well. The section that uh, I read this from uh, was basically called The Collapse of Dianetics Foundation and Subsequent Kidnappings. Um, Oh, yeah. I don't think we've talked about kidnappings yet. Yeah. um, That's exciting. Right? So... Um, now, for a comedy podcast, we talk about a lot of dark shit. We sure do. Um, <laughs> and it's always funny, is the thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so uh, Classy Lafayette, Ronald Hubbard, um, began an affair with his 20-year-old public um, relations assistant in the late 1950s. Uh, while Sleeping uh, with your PR representative. That's a new one. Yeah, right? Uh, Sarah, well, his new. wife, like a hundred years ago, but eighty. Uh-huh. I don't remember what year we're in. It's seventy years ago. Okay, so we're in the fifties yeah. now. What? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. His wife Sarah uh, started a relationship with a Dianetics auditor uh, by the name of Miles Hollister, and Hubbard secretly denounced the couple. Uh, to the FBI in March 1951. What? Portraying them in a letter as communist infiltrators. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Red scare, baby. Hell yeah. According to Hubbard, Sarah was currently uh, intimate with communists, uh, communists, but evidently under coercion. Drug addiction set in fall 1950. Uh, nothing of this is known to me until a few weeks ago. Hollister was described as having a sharp chin, broad forehead, and rather Slavic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, uh, I hate it, but it's really smart of him because this is this is immediately after World War II, which America immediately was like, we're, we're going to like war This was like during the arms race. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Unfortunately, <sighs> the FBI didn't take Hubbard seriously. Uh, and oh. Ancient uh, annotated his correspondence with the comment, appears mental. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was a smart try. Yeah, he knew what he was doing, but he clearly fucked it up somewhere. Yeah. Three, we- uh, three weeks later, Hubbard and two Foundation staff seized Sarah and his... Uh, his uh, year-old daughter named Alexis and forcibly took them to San Bernardino, California, where he attempted to unsuccessfully find a doctor to examine Sarah and declare her insane. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, he let Sarah go back to Alexis. Uh, he let Sarah go, but took Alexis to Havana, Cuba. Uh, and Sarah filed for a do- uh, divorce in 1951. And that uh, accused him of marrying her bigamously, which is, you know, two wives at once. Yeah. Subjecting her to sleep deprivation, beatings, strangulation, kidnapping, and exhortations to commit suicide. Oh. And we've all had relationships like that, you know. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So. Yeah. It's a great guy. Yeah, it ruled. And pretty much everything after that is kind of the rise of Scientology. Uh, the kind of fall of Dianetics and as it turned into Scientology. Which, oh, yes. like, I find interesting, but the main topic of this was the batshit crazy life of L. Ron Hubbard. And I think we pretty much covered that. Yeah. 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 What a good time. Mm-hmm. Any questions about L. Ron Hubbard? Yeah, can we just go into Scientology just a little bit? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so, let me I'm see a, here. I don't know much about it, so I'm a little curious just where where it is now and what's happening. Yeah, so, um, it uses a lot of, um, a lot of the stuff from Dianetics, especially when it comes down to that auditing of the, of the self. Um, let me see here if I can find just, like... I didn't look too much into Scientology, but I will look into it now real quick. The Church of Scientology promotes and teaches Scientology, a body of beliefs related to the practices created by L. Ron Hubbard, starting in 1952 as a successor to his earlier self-help system, Dianetics. Scientology teaches that people are immortal spiritual beings who have forgotten their true nature. Uh, their central mythology developing uh, developed around the original notion of the Thetan, similar concept to the self or the spirit or soul. Okay. In Scientology, the Thetan is the individual respect- expression of Theta, described as a as Neusner, as the cosmic source and life force. Uh, some real comic book shit there. Yeah. And then, whoa, this gets wild. The Thetan is a true human identity, rendering humans as pure spirit and godlike. The religion's mythology holds the belief that in the primordial path, Thetans applied their creative abilities to form the physical universe, contrary to the biblical narrative that shows the universe was created by a divine soul creator. Scientology holds that the universe was created by a Theta in the form of individualized expressions. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. That's kind of wild, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, let's see here. So how bad is Scientology today? Well, it's it's very rough. There are a lot of different bi- biographies of, like, especially celebrities who come out of Scientology. You know, there are... Uh, 
every action they took at all times was recorded being brought in to get audited um is another thing because that auditing process still existed within scientology and they also give so much money to scientology Mm-hmm. that it, it will render some people completely messed up. And if they break away or don't pay their dues, you know, they're kind of isolated from their friends and families who are already within the Scientology. So it's a big grift. Yeah, it's a massive grift. And, I mean, you can really tell that uh, based on a notable L. Ron Hubbard quote, which is, I'm not going to get rich writing science fiction. I the best way to get rich is by making a religion. <laughs> Actual That's a quote. real quote. That is a real fucking quote from L. Ron Hubbard. <sighs> yeah. Man, that, that just goes to show that history fucking repeats itself because yeah, man. Donald Trump could literally, literally says shit blatantly like that all the time and still has massive support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty sick. Uh, I love the world we live in. Yeah. Yeah, we we live in I'm the fully best erect world. I'm erect for this country. Well that was depressing. Uh you wanna read some reviews? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start. With thanking uh, Anastasia Marie, uh, funny and informative. Uh, we give out easily digestible facts, and we have great chemistry. Uh, we had her chuckling through the Q and on episode, and she's looking forward to more. Well, thank you so much, Anastasia. Hell we'll yeah, sure Anastasia. Give you some more. I hope you enjoy all of these facts about our good boy Lafayette Ronald Hubbard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I'll go to Ridiculous Patronus One. Uh, titled Awesome. Funny and informative as well. Entertaining but really interesting facts. Unique and the chemistry is great. Not too long and if you want non-stop laughing, great political facts, this is your show. Great stuff. So thank you so much Ridiculous Patronus. Uh, we don't intend on stopping uh, political facts. Uh, hopefully politics gets boring again soon though. When... Here's a political fact for you. The president sucks. Yep. It's the most important one. Hey, here's X Crunner, eighteen hundred. Great comedy podcast. I agree, X Crunner, eighteen hundred. It is a great po- comedy <laughs> podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, yep. Yeah. All right. <sighs> Again, if we haven't read yours yet, we'll read it eventually. We're we'll just get getting, to it. Yeah. We'll get we're, to it. We're making our we'll way. We'll fucking through. get to it. Holy shit. <laughs> oh boy. We see you, KCB. I swear to God we'll get to yours. I don't know why, but this episode just made me sad. Yeah, it's weird, because it was a funny episode. (laughs) I mean, a man kidnapped his daughter, uh, (laughs) beat and tortured his wife, started a cult. I mean, why are you sad? (laughs) Anyway... Feel free to tweet at us if you have a topic you want us to talk about. You can find us on Twitter at Tangent Avenue. Um, you can find me personally on Twitter at uh, at Wanna Toothpick uh, with no K. And I'm at Zaphiel. Uh, links are always in the description. 
We, like I said earlier in the episode, we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group now that we would love for you guys to join in on and join the conversations. Uh, it's, it's brand new. I just started it late last night, uh, which I guess would be um, about t- <laughs> two weeks uh, ago. Yeah, two weeks <laughs> ago by the time this episode comes out. But, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> yeah, and we want to give a big thank you to Julia Marie Artistry for our cover photo as well as uh, Homesick Entertainment. Uh, you can find Julia's other work at Instagram.com slash Julia Marie Artistry. Uh, and you can find Homesick Entertainment's uh, wonderful work uh, at YouTube.com slash Homesick. Yep. And next week, uh, if you don't realize, the Wednesday falls on November 11th, right smack dab in between November 10th and November 12th. The PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X release dates, respectively, and we will go a little into something about those. Well, not specifically those, just video games. Not at all those, in fact. Yeah. No. We didn't touch on Microsoft or Sony at all, because we're going over an early history. That's right. The history of L. Ron Hubbard's dad. No. Oh, HRH, baby. No. We're talking about Isaac Asimov. No. Oh, we're talking about Inside Scientology, the story of the most secretive religion. No. Affirmations by L. Ron Hubbard. No. I don't have any tabs. Cool. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Alrighty. So thank you all for joining this surprisingly depressing episode. Uh, I maintain it was funny. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, Have a good day or night or morning, wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this. You beautiful, beautiful people. Bye, I love you. Cast masturbation to end this episode.